Oh, hey, I'm so glad you're back in the archive checking out this episode. I wanted to give you a heads up that while the episode you're about to hear may be a little bit older, we still stand behind all of our advice and actionable takeaways. However, we may mention resources that are no longer available. The best way to get our up-to-date resources is going to feelgoodretail.com slash podcast and checking out what we have there. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. Hey, welcome to Retail for the Rest of Us, a podcast for indie retailers. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Retail for the Rest of Us. I am your host, Janine Malone, founder and indie brand hype woman behind Feel Good Retail. Thanks for joining me today. I am excited to talk about one of my favorite topics, things you can do instead of paying for ads. <laughs> I know that this has been a lot of me talking recently. You've gotten workshops and you've been hearing this voice a lot. And I'm so glad you're here and I'm so glad you're sticking around. But I have got some really insightful and really inspiring interviews coming up. And I'm just really thrilled to share those throughout May. So if you're getting sick of hearing me, don't don't bail yet. There's some good convos coming your way. Um, And if you have any ideas of people you would love to hear interviewed or brands that you really find inspiring, or if there's a topic that you have a ton of questions about and you want me to find someone who does it well and talk to them, let me know. You can, honestly, the best way to get in touch with me is truly through DM, which I know is something that people don't really say anymore. (laughs) Most people are like, my DMs are closed. I'm like, my DMs are open. Let's be real. I'm on Instagram. So hit me there. Hit me there if you have ideas or feedback or thoughts. Um, And of course, if you're enjoying the show, I would so appreciate it if you left a rating and a review. That would mean the world. It's such a huge deal for a little podcast like mine to show the almighty iTunes algorithm that people like the show and people are getting value out of it. So if you have been enjoying it, hop on over there. I would really appreciate it. But one last piece of housekeeping before we get into my Facebook fueled rant. (laughs) I promise. I promise it won't be ranty. I'm going to, I'm going to try to keep my eyes on the prize here. But before we get into it, I do want to talk a little bit about and let you know that the doors to our first evergreen essential course for indie retailers, the Feel Good Foundations, the doors are now open. So they'll be open through May 14th. And this is a 28 day, four week course that is truly encapsulating all of the tried and true strategies that I have learned by trial and error. (laughs) (laughs) over the last 10 years to help indie retailers grow. And I am so proud of the work that led up to this point of me being able to create this course. And I'm also so excited to share it with you because I think that it will 
really build such a strong foundation for your brand, for you to be able to decide what strategies are aligned for you, what choices that you want to make for your business, what success looks like, and really understand that you have these systems in place that are not just like sexy and trendy, but are actually sustainable and will lead to sales and community building and building a brand that is unique to you, that is not like a copy of anyone else's brand, um, or that doesn't leave you feeling like you're out of control or that you can't stay true to your vision and also find success. So I don't know. I am getting, I go down the emotional route when I start talking about it, but I'm really proud of this course. It's four weeks. It's four modules. We'll touch on brand, content, sales, and customer experience. You're going to learn three incredibly valuable strategies that, again, are not reliant on a high budget or fancy tech or even some of these apps that we'll be talking about today that have algorithms that can change and that may change. I really want this to be something where you're able to own your growth. And that's kind of the the theme of this episode, the theme of this course, maybe my mission in life is to help indie retailers truly own their growth and not feel as though they have to burn out or sell out or compromise their vision in order to be successful because I just don't think that's true. So if you'd like to learn more about that course um, and you'd like to get some of the actual details of what's involved, you can go to feelgoodretail.com foundations. That is also linked in the show notes. The course is $349. I just want to put that out there at the top because I don't like hiding prices. $349 for lifetime access. Go to the website to see all the things that are included. And the doors are open through May 14th. So if you're listening to this in the future, don't worry. This course will be coming back. And hopefully future me has put up a uh, join the waitlist link so you can still go to that website and sign up to be notified for our next cohort. Anyways, very proud of that. Hope to see some of you in there. We've got an amazing group coming together. So if you're interested, check out the website. And also, if you have questions, DM me. So let's get into the meat of the sandwich. I really want to talk about paid ads. I really want to talk about owning your growth. I really want to talk about tangible alternatives to paid advertising because this is a question that comes up a lot and it's usually phrased in one of two ways, right? So if you have reached a certain point or you're finding your growth is a little bit slower than you'd like, sales are not getting to the number that you have in your mind or that you have in your plan. And this is how Facebook ads come up in conversations in my experience. One is a retailer has reached a certain level of success and they think in order to continue to grow or continue to sustain that success, that ads are the only way to do it. So the question will be like, well, I guess it's time that we start doing ads, right? No. (laughs) The other way that this topic comes up is someone feeling frustrated with a lack of growth or a lack of awareness building around the brand 
and a lack of sales. And ads can feel really sexy, right? They can feel really alluring. They can feel really enticing because there's this promise of, you know, give Facebook, give Google, give Instagram, whatever platform, a little bit of money and they will find customers for you. And that's not untrue, right? I want to say up front, my goal today is not to villainize the idea of digital ads. I just think that people have such complicated feelings around a lot of these platforms. I know for me, I feel pretty complicated about Facebook and Instagram um, in general. And so to use them in an organic way already feels a little bit weird. But then the idea of giving them money also makes me feel a little bit weird. Maybe you feel the same way. Maybe it just like doesn't feel good to you. Maybe you don't have money to spare. That's the other thing, right? That's before we even get into the need or the way that this topic comes up, it's important to say that paid advertising is expensive. And that's not to discourage anyone. I was reading an article recently on how to set goals around Facebook ads and Instagram ads and how to understand how much you're putting in versus how much you can expect to get. I will link that article in the show notes because I'm totally blanking on even the publication. It was really helpful. So I'll link that if you're interested. But inside of this article, the woman who was writing it said that, you know, if you don't have $500 a month to be spending on ads and optimizing your ads and figuring those things out, then it's probably not worth it. You're not getting a big enough reach to really see and a return on that investment. And $500 is a lot of money. Like it's not the most money, but when you aren't guaranteed a result or you know that the first, I mean, I was reading elsewhere that you can expect to start to see a return on your investment in digital ads within 42 days. So you're spending $750 just trying to get an idea of what creative works. What's the audience I'm targeting? What's my message? Am I trying to convert them to a sale? Am I just trying to get an email address? Am I trying to get impressions? Like there's all sorts of alt- like options and alternatives. And that actually is something that's a pro to a lot of digital ads and particularly the ad manager that Facebook has created is that there is a lot of like customization. That being said, If you don't go in with a really strong vision and plan and the commitment, let's say, to keeping an eye on it and seeing what's working and seeing what's not and pivoting and recreating and rewriting and tweaking, then it's not a great time to do that. Like It's not the magic switch that we wish it were. And trust me, I wish I could come on here and be like, you guys just give Facebook $500 and all of a sudden you'll make $20,000. You know, it's just, it's not, it's not that easy. That's not to say you're not smart. It's not to say you can't figure it out. I'm just saying if you have thought about Facebook advertising or Instagram advertising as a way of propelling your growth, it can be a little bit unsustainable and expensive, prohibitively expensive, and complicated. If you've ever been inside Facebook Ads Manager, you've probably wanted to pluck your eyeballs out. I know I have. (laughs) 
So, okay, I didn't really want this to go, like, immediately into scare tactics because I don't think that, like, you have to be scared. I just want to point out that that's not the only way. Here's the thing. To me, as someone who named their business Feel Good Retail, like, I want you to feel really excited and feel really good about the strategies that you are putting in place. Not only that they feel aligned for you or they feel creatively fulfilling, but that they also feel sustainable and they're not something you're doing just out of obligation. Like, yes, there are some things that we have to do that we don't love doing. Everybody who owns a shop, everybody who owns an e-commerce business like knows you don't love to pack the boxes. You don't love to clean the toilets, but like we do it because we love our businesses. That being said, I think when it comes to strategy and when it comes to investing our money and putting resources behind strategies, there is a little bit more autonomy. We just live in a time where VC funding, digital ad spend, that kind of stuff is just like the trendy, sexy, hyped version of what we're getting as entrepreneurial stories, right? And I'm interested in it and I'm interested in finding ways to make it feel really aligned and really purposeful. That being said, if every single person who I talk to is coming to me being like, ugh, I don't know, I guess we're going to try Facebook ads, it's like, well, that doesn't feel great, right? Like we <laughs> we don't we don't want to be growing our businesses, be like, ugh, I guess I'm gonna do this. And that's not to say that some of you might be like, actually, I love doing Facebook ads and they work really well for me. That's awesome. I listen, if it works and it's a system that feels really good to you and feels really abundant and feels aligned, amazing. I'm not here to tell anyone they should or shouldn't do something because I think we all have free will. I just want to open up the idea that there are alternatives because I think that there's really, really actionable strategies that are a lower lift and a lower financial investment that actually can make a huge difference for indie retailers, right? Like there's a difference. This is why my business exists. This is why this podcast exists. There is a difference between the tactics and the opportunities that big box brands and corporations have as opposed to the opportunities and alternatives that indie retailers have because the businesses are different. They're structured differently. They have different values. They have different sizes. And indie retailers often can do things that are a bit more personal, a bit more targeted, a little bit less scalable, right? (laughs) If you don't have a VC investor breathing down your neck who wants to 10x your revenue in the next five months, um, I just got like shame chill saying that sentence. But these are the things. If you get an investor, they want to see that hockey stick growth. And in that case, yeah, you got to burn some money. I was just talking to a client earlier this week and we were looking into this new platform and, you know, we had some questions about it. And I was just like, I'm just fascinated. Like, what is their revenue model, you think? And she said what people often say, which is, I don't think they're concerned with profitability right now. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God. I forgot that that's like a thing, you know, like I work with independent business owners. I work with small business owners who want to support themselves and their families and support their vendors and support their staff. And just like the idea that there are so many businesses out there who profitability and revenue is not, it's just not important right now. It's just like, 
it's just wild to me. I know it exists. I'm like, I too love marketing Twitter. I love to watch what's happening in like Silicon Valley, but like sometimes you forget. Like I know there's not a client I talk to who's not worried about profitability or margins or revenue. So anyways, that's a sidebar. It was just funny. It's just a funny reminder that like, again, the priorities are different. If you can burn $30,000 a month on Facebook ads and like you're seeing a little bit of a return, but you're not, you know, you're not seeing profitability for some businesses. That's okay. And I just don't want indie retailers to feel like they have to take their cues from those businesses because it's apples and oranges. You know, they're different beasts. They're different models. There's (laughs) they're different pockets. Um, So anyways, if you're investing in digital ads, usually you can expect a four to 10 X return. So if you invest $500 and you have a very well optimized, a tested and perfected campaign, you can expect to see if it's, you know, performing well, which that's a big caveat, right? Between putting it up and having it perform well, there's a lot of work that goes in there. But let's say you have a perfect campaign. It's amazing. You can expect to make with a $500 investment, $2,000 to $5,000, okay? That doesn't take into account your margins. And again, that's not nothing, right? Like 10x especially, like, all right, I would like to 10 times my money. That sounds great. Um, I am recording this after having a conversation with my husband about Dogecoin. (laughs) We want to talk about 10xing. Oh, God. Okay, we do not need to talk about Dogecoin or crypto. Stay on topic, Janine. Anyways, so yeah, digital ads, an optimized campaign four to 10 times your investment. That's still impressive, right? That being said, think about how much you need to be making. Do you have that initial investment? You know, cash flow is a thing with indie retailers because we care about revenue and profitability. However, On the flip side, if you think about something like email marketing, it's been shown that for every $1 you invest into email, you can see $42 in return. So that's 42 times the investment. And again, those are things like design, your time, the email service provider that you're using, which if anyone is curious, I am obsessed with Klaviyo. I'll link them in the show notes. Clavio is 1000% my favorite e-commerce or retail email service provider. This is not an ad. I just, I just love them. If you have any questions about them, please DM me. But that's a huge difference, right? Would you rather make four times or would you rather make 42 times? And here's the thing about email. Beyond just the return on your investment, beyond just the experience for you as a retailer, and for your cash flow, email marketing is owned growth. Building community is owned growth. Whereas putting an emphasis on social media and paid advertising, there's still a third party involved, right? Something could change. The cost could be more expensive. There could be more competition. There could be change of the algorithm, etc. I mean, All of those things that you can't control would have an impact on your business. And 
again, I'm really trying not to make this like a fear-based episode. I swear we're going to get into tactics that you can use that are more sustainable and that can help you feel empowered to own your growth. But I just want to say like there's also a lot of changes happening through Congress and the Senate and the way that they're looking into these tech companies. And as recently as this week, we had Apple iOS start to, you may have seen this on your own phone. Will you allow this app to serve you personalized ads, aka are you going to let this app track you? And I think that's good. I think that's a good question. I think that consent for being tracked across the internet is a good thing. However, this is putting Facebook and Instagram in a really challenging (laughs) position for their model. If people can opt out of being followed across the internet, their ad platform is going to get less powerful. And so you may notice if you have iOS, I think it's 14 or 15, if Facebook or Instagram has that pop up and asks you, it will say that by saying, yes, you're helping Facebook and Instagram stay free of charge. And that is probably a bluff, right? Like, I don't think they're going to make those platforms paid. However, it is an interesting concept, right? These things, this kind of battle that's happening between these like two tech giants in Silicon Valley, like Kong versus Godzilla. Is that the movie that everybody hates that just came out? (laughs) It's like these two massive companies fighting that could have a severe impact on small businesses. And I just, that makes me so mad. Makes me so mad. So I want to give you some alternatives. Okay. If you're shitting your pants right now at minute 22, because I'm just ranting on Facebook ads, I want you to know, A, if you're doing them and it's working for you, that's amazing. I think that you can still try some of the tactics we're going to talk about. This isn't an either or thing. You can try as many things as you want. You're the boss. (laughs) Side note, I've been listening to a lot of MLM content. There's this podcast called Be There in Five that I've really been enjoying. She like deep dove into like Rachel Hollis. And I just listened to another episode of theirs on MLMs. So I feel like I've been like jokingly saying boss babe and CEO for like 48 hours straight. And it's starting to become unironic and it's just it's troubling to me. <laughs> so please know if I say any of those words, I'm doing it as a joke. It just might not sound like a joke because I'm I'm bad at humor. Um Okay, so if you're doing them and it's working for you and you're feeling really good about it, awesome. You can still get value out of what I'm about to share with you. Second, if you have been thinking about Facebook ads and you've been feeling icky about it, try some of these things first. You know, like that's okay. Facebook and Instagram aren't going anywhere anytime soon, I don't think. There may be changes, things may get more expensive whatever, but they're not going anywhere, right? So rest assured, they will always take your money. So I want to just walk through a few of the things that I really love. And I've seen a lot of success, particularly for indie retailers, when they invest in some of these options instead. I've probably made it clear, but I really prefer to grow sales in a sustainable way. So meaning that means to me that strategies that we're trying should feel really good for you good for your customers, and they should be good for your wallet. 
So ideally, you're developing these programs and these systems around strategies that you have ownership over and that you can kind of improve and iterate on over time. To me, as a pretty type A creative person, like I really love to have a container for my ideas and parameters around projects that I'm working on so that I know I can get creative, but I can't like, I'm not totally unhinged, (laughs) let's say. So I think that some of these strategies, because you're not dependent on certain prices or certain platforms, you have a little bit more control, you can feel a little bit more grounded, and you can make them better over time as opposed to feeling like you're constantly starting over. So kiss that hamster wheel goodbye. I will also say some of these ideas are going to require an investment of time, of energy, and yeah, occasionally an investment of resources, of dollars. But that is business. (laughs) You know, I don't want to say spend money to make money. I don't know that I totally subscribe to that. But like, yes, things cost money and there's always a give and take, right? Between like, is it time that you're investing? Is it energy? Is it your creativity? Or is it physically your money? So my intention is really to offer you opportunities to build relationships with your customers that allow you to grow your business in a way that is not only profitable, but it's also really fulfilling to you. And it's inspiring loyalty and connection and community building and impact and all those kind of things. So let's get into it. I'm going to cover three of the areas, let's say, that I like to test before I would suggest going to Facebook ads. Okay. So in this idea, there's kind of three buckets, right? There's building an aligned audience. So finding people who are your ideal customers, who are going to really get what you're doing, who are really going to be enthusiastic about the things that you're enthusiastic about and find those people who are just like totally BFFs instantly. Then we're going to talk about context and community and an approach there about how you are creating content because indie retailers, although what they sell is their products, they have to create a ton of content in order for those products to sell often. And we'll also talk about like experience and building with a human, a human approach. Imagine that. Imagine being a human being. Okay. So first to grow your audience. This is a huge one because I think a lot of people go to Facebook and Instagram and digital ads in order to get in front of more eyeballs, right? Sure. Like Instagram itself is becoming more, it, every day it feels more and more like a pay to play game. Am I right? Do you guys? You guys agree with me? Um, If you ever look at your insights there, you might notice that your impressions are down or you're not getting the reach you used to or you're not seeing the likes or it's just really unreliable. Like sometimes you get 10 likes, sometimes you get a a thousand. Um, You're not alone. (laughs) You're not alone. So if you're someone who's like, I want to invest in digital ads because I'd like to grow my audience, I would say there's a couple things you can do you can build out an amazing referral program. If you already have customers and you already have people who love your brand and who are regulars and VIPs and you're just like, I wish that I could clone this person. (laughs) I want to clone this customer because she's so amazing. Build a referral program. Find a way to incentivize your best customers or your most loyal customers to share your brand, your product with people who are probably very similar to them, who care about the same things, who they have relationships with. 
this is an awesome way, like if you're going to invest a little bit of money, it's an awesome way to reward your community members, which is something we talked about on the last episode in Four Steps from Customer to Community. You really want to reward your clients and your community members. And also you want to keep the cycle going. So you want to invite them and reward them for introducing you to new people, whether it's like perks or some extra gifts or some VIP exclusives, or you can do something really simple like offering $25 off your friend's first purchase and a $25 credit for the person who referred them, you know, like something pretty easy. Um, Brands that have good referral programs that are pretty straightforward or like Glossier, Um, parade. I mean, they're very simple. Give your friend a pair of underwear, get a pair of underwear. If I like the experience, if I like the stuff that I bought, I want to tell my friends. I'm already doing that naturally. So why not incentivize the people who are helping essentially be part of your marketing teams? Referral programs are amazing. If you're on Shopify, I really like Conjured referrals. I think that's a super easy to set up. And you can set up a couple different programs. So there's like ways to test certain ones or incentivize certain people, et cetera, et cetera. So conjured referrals if you're on Shopify and you want to explore a referral program. Another way you can grow your audience is through collaborations. So whether that's people in your community, people in your neighborhood, collaborating with vendors, doing a giveaway with other brands, or if you're working with any type of content creator influencer, like I would kind of almost bucket those under the same umbrella of collaboration. This is just essentially like sharing those audiences. There's a lot of power in that you've all worked hard to create a trusting and loyal and authentic audience and community. And so by partnering and finding those aligned partnerships, you can get access to those audience members and either provide value or, again, offer an incentive, a discount, whatever it is, a giveaway to grow your audience. There's like a little more social proof baked into all of these because I'm sure if you're like me, like when I see an advertisement now on Facebook or on Instagram, like I just, we're all very smart consumers. And that's not to say that like I never buy (laughs) product based on ads. I bought those TikTok leggings. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? The ones that have like the seam up the butt that like make your butt look good. (laughs) You bet your ass, literally, that I bought those. I bought them in a psychotic lavender color. But listen, I'm not above like clickbait, but I'm just saying there's a different experience when you see someone who you already trust, whether it's a friend or someone you're following or another brand you really like, when you see them recommend a brand to you it's different than the brand paying to show you an advertisement energetically I think you can understand why that's a little bit different so then there's serving your community this is the added value that I think we hear about a lot that I talk about a lot frankly and an awesome way to grow your customer base is by focusing on growing your email list. I am a huge fan of email marketing. I love it so much. It's my best and favorite thing. I don't know what else to say. I'm an email evangelist. And I think that the one of the best ways you can serve your community is by making amazing email content. 
and especially for retailers. It's just such a powerful tool. You kick all those third-party algorithms goodbye. You're talking directly to your customers. And so if you want to think about like a sales funnel, a traditional sales funnel, which starts at awareness. So that's kind of what we just talked about. We talked about growing our audience, growing people who are aware of your shop and brand. Then once they're aware, how do you get them into essentially the mode of considering or buying in or becoming a warm lead or any of that jargon? (laughs) How do you essentially like deepen the relationship? And of course, there's the first purchase, right? That's certainly a great way to get started. But because we're growing our followings on Instagram, we're growing our following on TikTok, we are getting views on our YouTube, maybe we have a podcast. What we really want is those people to be on our email list, right? Because that is where you can offer a lot of exclusive content, a lot of loyalty perks and value beyond just what you're selling, right? Beyond just them swiping their credit card, You can add value to the experience of using your product, of caring for your product, of understanding what to do next or what pairs well with it or how to style it or how to, you know, make a dope new evening routine with the new face oil you just bought. Like, how can you create continued experience with your products? And email is a great way to do that. So One of the ways to think about growing an email list is to offer those kind of exclusives. And yes, sometimes those exclusives are things like a pop-up that say, get 15% off your first order, get $10 off your first order, get free shipping. But there's a lot of other ways to incentivize people to join your email list. In fact, I'm working on a handful of projects with clients right now where we're doing content-based like lead magnets. So kind of, it's not even, it's not paywalled because the content is still free. You just have to be on the email list to get those exclusives. It's not something that's going on Facebook. It's not something that's going on an Instagram story. It's something that is exclusive to this group of people who's a little bit more bought into the brand. And that could be things like videos, exclusive events, downloads, Q&A sessions, masterclasses. There's a lot of things that can be done. And I mean, I follow a lot of indie retailers and there's some really cool stuff that they're making and events that they're hosting and collaborations that they're involved in. And all of that stuff, like I would gladly give my email address for. I don't know. I love talking about email. We'll have to do a whole handful of episodes around it. But I think that the best way to serve your community and to grow your business in terms of sales and sustainability is to focus on growing your email list, converting your followers, converting your indirect audiences to your email list, and thinking of ways to do that that don't involve discounts. Because guess what? It's possible. I'll have to think of some ideas and make that a blog post. Let me know if you guys would like that. And lastly, one of the other things you can do besides paying Instagram, those ad eyeballs, (laughs) is being really strategic. Strategize and sell like a human being. I know, it's so weird. 
Um, but one of my favorite things to do is think about the customer experience, which we talked all about in last episode. So if you did not catch that one, go back and listen to our workshop, Four Steps from Customer to Community. But if you did and you want to go a little bit deeper and think about how that kind of customer experience can be an alternative to Facebook ads or any digital ad, is thinking about personalizing your outreach, right? There's a lot of power in crafting intentional marketing. So thinking about your platforms in multiple different ways and also thinking about segmenting your customer list in different ways. So maybe someone who hasn't shopped with you in the last 90 days, let's say, should receive a different kind of email than someone who shopped with you last week. Or maybe someone who's been shopping with you buying the same sort of brands or the same category for the last three years should receive some kind of intentional promotion that doesn't go to the whole list, that isn't a blanket 20% off the entire store. I think there's a lot of ways to merge automation (laughs) with personalization, right? I hesitate to even share this because like, does make me feel a little bit old that I've been working in retail so long that, um, you know, I've been in a lot of retail shops where our job was doing like one-to-one clienteling. We didn't have e-commerce. E-commerce was something that was still like very, very new and not, not as widely available. There were not things like Shopify that you could just like set up a store and it would be amazing and it would function and people would trust it. The way that I really learned all of the strategies that I like to teach now are by doing them the hard, manual, one-to-one way. And I learned a lot about relationship building in that process. And I also learned a lot about the cycle of building a relationship. The things that can't be replicated by technology, like that only a human being with a heart and compassion and empathy can do. (laughs) But then where there's opportunity to infuse that process with things like segmentation or with things like email marketing or with things like referral programs and loyalty programs. I sent a couple emails this week when I was talking about the Feel Good Foundations, talking about how when I got started um, and I had my first like big retail job, let's say, it was managing a shop for a local brand and I was in their suburban store. It was less than 500 square feet. We did not have e-commerce. We did not do email marketing. We barely even used Instagram. Um, And it was my job to hit these really big sales goals. I had to hit a million dollars a year. That was my goal when I started. And it was the first time I had been managing a shop and it was luxury goods. (laughs) And I was 24. (laughs) And that was really intimidating, right? Because there weren't these support systems where I was just like, oh, hopefully that email will bring people in. Nope, it was my job. And so I've learned a lot and I really value personalization. I really value relationships. And so I think that when you can utilize some of these tools and these technologies, like something like Clavio, my favorite, my MVP of email service providers, um, you can break your list into all these pieces and you can kind of talk to these customers in different ways, the same way you would do in a shop. If you're someone who has a retail business and you have a brick and mortar component and an e-commerce component, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like sometimes it can feel so different. Your energy and the way that you interact with customers 
in the store because they're in front of you and you're having a conversation informs the way that you tell them about your product, introduce them to your brand, and impacts what they buy. And I understand why people feel a little bit hesitant to emphasize e-commerce in their businesses, um, or if you're in e-commerce, how it can be hard to prioritize relationship building because it can feel so abstract. But by crafting those intentional promotions and automating some of that customer journey that we talked about last week, you're really creating opportunities for people to get involved with the brand, to make what could be a one-way street, the one-way street of the internet, the echo chamber that is the internet, open that up into being two-way where there is a dialogue and you are looking at what people are doing and you're trying to infer their needs and wants and desires from their action. I mean, that's something I love doing. In a course I taught last year, I talked about that as the idea of like intuitive analytics. Like your analytics aren't going to tell you every single thing, but when you understand your customer and you understand their motivations or what excites them or what they're telling you through the actions that they're taking on the website, through the product that they're buying, through the feedback that you're getting, you can find ways to serve them and serve them really personally. That might feel a little bit more abstract, but again, it's as abstract (laughs) as picking an audience to market to, to show ads to on Facebook. Like you have to pick your audience. You have to tell them their interests. You have to identify their location. You can make lookalike audiences and all that stuff. Like I don't want to get too in the weeds of the ad side of it, but If you're thinking like, oh, personalization sounds like abstract, like it is a little bit. There's ways that you can learn how to do it. Hint, hint. Feel good foundations. Doors are closing May 14th. Um, There are ways to do it and there's ways to get better at analyzing your web data or your brick and mortar data and doing more of what people want as opposed to giving your power to these platforms. And there are ways that you can own the process of growing without them. And that's not to say or shame you or say that they're bad or that you should never give your money to them. Hell, I've paid for Facebook ads and I will probably do it again in the future, but I'm not going to do it until I really, really understand who I'm talking to, who my customer is and how I can best serve them because it just doesn't make any sense to not know the answer to those questions and then go to a platform and try to get in front of people that you can't even describe by paying a tech company. All of this is to say, I think that you have so much power. I think that you are so creative and I think that you're doing a great job. And I don't want anyone whether it's me or some other business podcast or something you read on Twitter or some TikTok you found about like boss babes and how to grow your audience 10x over one month, whatever. Like I get looped into that stuff too. And I don't want you to feel like there's any option that's off limits I think that you can do whatever you want because you're the boss, literally, 
you founded this business and you're growing it and you're figuring it out and nobody taught you how to do it. Maybe you had mentors, maybe you had people who are supporting you, but like I can tell you after working with indie retailers for as long as I have, I know how few resources there are out there that are designed for the nuance and the complexity that indie retail is as opposed to a service-based business or a you know, a retail business that has a big backing or a big family company behind them. It's different. And so I just want to give you as much information as I can about alternatives. If you are someone who feels icky when you think about giving your money to Facebook, if you're someone who just doesn't have the cash to spend and you're thinking to yourself like, well, if I can invest $500, maybe I can make $2,000. Like, If you're having to make those sacrifices and if it's just not feeling aligned for you, there are other ways. And so we touched on some of them today, but I also have a full guide, nine creative strategies to grow your shop sales without digital ads, which I will link in the show notes. It goes far more into detail into the kind of three buckets that you can think about growth, and also three strategies within each of those. Um, Free, 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 free. Grab that at the link in the show notes. And DM me with your thoughts, with your questions, with your ideas, with what's worked for you, with anything that you have to say about Facebook ads. (laughs) Even if you're like, I hate them, or you're like, I love them, bitch, what are you talking about? Cool. DM me. Maybe don't call me a bitch in my DMs, but you know. We can work it out. We can work it out. I just wanted to give you some alternatives because there are many options available to you and you are a powerful, creative, visionary shopkeeper and you don't have to feel boxed in to any goddamn thing you don't want to. Okay? That's the show for today. I hope that you got some value out of that. I hope that I have not scared you about Facebook ads, but have in fact given you permission to take that off your brain if you're not feeling good about it or um, triggered some new ideas. And like I said, you can get the full nine ways to grow sales without ads at the link in the show notes. And if you liked this episode or any of our other episodes, you can leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. It helps so much. I can't tell you guys. It helps so much. So I really appreciate it if you can take the time. And yeah, Feel Good Foundations, our course for indie retailers, is open through May 14th. It is all sorts of deep dives into strategies that will grow your business, make you feel really good, make you feel really empowered. And I swear to God, I won't rant about Facebook ads, but I also won't tell you you need them. (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's a good sales pitch. Okay. Okay. I will see you next week. We have a very exciting episode, all interviews coming at you soon. I'm super excited and yeah, I'll catch you then. Cheers to feeling good. 